What up, y'all? We back with another episode of Case Rotation. My name is Box Jetson. So yeah, I definitely just caught her off guard with this. We are on the way back home from Houston. We're not even home. We're on the way back to Tennessee from Houston. Um, y'all ain't heard from us in a minute, so almost a year. It's almost been a year. It ain't been that long. I'm in yet, but. I'm still going to bank on the fact. <laughs> I'm going to bank on the fact that it hasn't been a year. I mean, but life's been happening, man. Like, we've just been busy and adjusting and, you know, everything's been coming kind of fast, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have, last time we did this, we weren't married. We weren't. I don't, but it was June. So that would have been. Yeah. Zach Fresh. Yeah, that's right. That was mid-June. Shout out to Zach Fresh for being our last guest in our last episode on this show um, of season one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll spin it like that. Let's say it was season one. Yeah. We were so many other guests. Like, I talked to them. Some guests from at home, but. I know. We were supposed to have Big James on. Little Ratchet Soul. Little Ratchet Soul. Rachel. Raja. We'll get something together because. Yeah. That wouldn't go. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, just life started picking up. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin. Like, Either I don't know if we should like, talk about. I definitely think we should do a triple feature. A triple feature. Yeah. What? I texted Malcolm this morning. I said, "Case double feature or triple feature on the way." Don't tell anyone. Spin don't even know yet. Yeah, because Spin really did. <laughs> I texted him like an hour ago, <laughs> right before we got on the road. So, yeah, I guess since that was the last episode, we got a lot to talk about since then. Um, We didn't have bachelor and bachelorette parties. We didn't have weddings, honeymoon, move, um, finishing first one and a half semesters of my doc program. Spen's doing better with the adjustment. Still not where she would like to be, but she's known. Showing improvements. Um, marriage has been going good. It's work, as you would imagine. Um, Don't let Instagram posts of like relationship goals and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely work. Like I'm not gonna say that it's hard. It's a, it's not easy, but it's not hard. It's not hard in the sense of like I don't want to do this. Yeah. It's hard in the sense of it's not what you're used to. Yeah. So like I. Spend your whole life worrying about you, primarily you, you. yourself yeah. and focusing on yourself and the betterment of your life. And then when you get married, it's kind of just like everything that you do. You got to factor in someone else. else. So you have to, like, I was going to say it's like having a kid, but like not <laughs> like having a kid. Because the other person has their own like life too. But it's just, it's just something that you, if you've not been married, you've never experienced before. So when people say like, oh, you know, we're long time boyfriend and girlfriend, it's pretty much the same thing. Is is that? No, it's not the same. Like it's yeah, it's completely different. In in marriage, I don't know. You have like you're in it. Yeah. Yeah, Just with boyfriend and girlfriend, it's like, all right, you know what? You're annoying me today. I'll talk to you another time, or I just won't deal with you for some time. Yeah. When you're married, it's just like yeah. But now it's like you know, (laughs) I gotta think twice before I even buy something like. Is this going to affect 
us in the long run or like and i'm a huge shopper as y'all know like fashion is huge but it's like i gotta double think before i buy something like damn i really want to spend 120 bucks on sweatpants like is it worth it right now like yeah like i could go get a rental car with that money and we go to houston <laughs> like this is stuff you gotta think about like that i can't watch four and five hours of game of thrones during the daytime because nish hates it so i watch it at night hey, when she goes to sleep you know i mean she don't, she don't hate daenerys i love daenerys cam is definitely gonna listen he is not happy with this break i'm so sorry. shout out to cam shout out to Liz. man shout out to everybody all, all of our friends everybody who's been like checking on us since we moved the people who come visit or we're making plans to visit yes absolutely Dude, like, that means so much. I think, um, I don't know, you know, you when people say, like, oh, we're coming to visit, or we're going to come see you, or et cetera, et cetera. And, and then flight season come in. Yeah. yeah. But it really does, because it's hard. I mean, we've met some cool people in Memphis, but. But it's cool, though, because when, if you said she was coming, you got, what, two, you got two and a half more yeah, years to make yeah. that trip, and if not, bro, you're not coming to my house in, in Columbus, period, bro. Is it two and a half? Yes. You're not coming to our house in Columbus. Actually, it's almost two. It is almost It's two. like almost just two. Yeah, it's going by fast. And Yeah. Uh, in terms of first semester, man, so that this is another reason why we haven't been on like that. Like, this We've is... so many not to record. <laughs> yeah, it's like, number one, I'm going to just go ahead and say school, bro. Like, school was so, like, I won't even say hard, but it was so time-consuming and tedious, like, and then you factor that in with the fact that, like, I've never been in a position like this. Like, I've never, of course, I've never been to a doc program, otherwise I would need to go to it. Like, I don't know many people who have gone that route. Like, less than 1% of the country have a doctoral degree. So it's like, I don't, I, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I'm expecting to come in with it be a little bit harder than masters. No, that was not the case at all. Yeah. Like, it's, I feel like if I wasn't married, it would have been a lot easier to manage. But the fact, oh, there's a CC's pizza here too? Yeah. Oh, they got CC's pizza in Memphis. We're in Houston right now. So if you see me, like, just getting scatterbrained, seeing some cool stuff, like, that, that's all that is. Yeah. But, um. Like, it was just, um, like, super time-consuming, super tedious, and, like, the fact that I was married made it a bit more difficult because, like, I'm trying to, understanding it's my first year of marriage, I'm trying to make sure that I'm carving out enough time for her, like, I'm trying to make sure that I'm still taking my studies seriously. It got to a point to where it was so bad that, like, I would just stay up with her, like, kick it with her until, like, 11, 12 o'clock, um, 11 midnight until she's, like, falling asleep or whatever, and then... As soon as she goes to bed, like, I'm up all night writing a 10, 15-page paper, and then, like, I'm up until 6, 7 o'clock, and then she's waking up for work at 7 o'clock. I'm just now closing my laptop. Like, it was rough. But I think this semester, I got a much better handle on it. Oh, and my grades were phenomenal last semester. Let me just go ahead and throw it out there, too. Um, yeah, just in case you was wondering. Finish. I had one B-plus I wasn't too happy about, but then an A-plus in stats balanced it out. I finished with a 3-9 that semester, so, you know, we'll take it. Um, but, yeah, man, like, just trying to adjust to school and trying to adjust to being married, it took a lot out. And I will take the blame for not recording or not being as yeah, open to record. Because Nish would be like, oh, you going to record case this weekend? 
don't know, man. Like, it's Saturday, 1 o'clock. Like, I'm tired from the week. Oh, you in a court case? Like, I don't know, man. I got to write this paper. Like, it was always something, and I kept making excuses. And I'm like, you know what? I'm even telling myself, like, the, I can always find a million reasons not to do this. But the more and more I keep putting it off, like, the more and more it's just going to linger. So, like, why not just get it done? So today was the, you know what, I don't care. I woke up this morning at 5.30 and was like, I'm recording case. Yeah, like, woke yeah. up thinking about case. And I figured if I would have said something to you, then you would have been like, oh, yeah, right, yeah, right. Oh, and then yeah, from that, I would have just, yeah, and then, like, I wouldn't have felt like dealing with that. So, <laughs> I wasn't in the mood for that, man. I got I got nine hours ahead of me. <laughs> but yeah, what else? Why else have we not been on? So this, we'll treat this just like a welcome back episode. Like we don't have any topics lined up. Like it's just kind of knock the dust off the mic, knock the dust off the uh, voice memo because I don't have my mic right now. Um, um, well, for me, I've also, it was also really hard when we first moved because I didn't start working until November, and so. I just spent a lot of time by myself, and it was just hard. I was really lonely. I missed home. I missed my family, my friends. I missed just, like, the familiarity of home. Um, and I was not the biggest fan of Memphis. Mm-hmm. So it was just, like, I don't know. I would just wake up and be like, oh, like, is it time to go back? Like, it was really hard. It was, so, it was hard to want to the podcast because it's just like I don't even want to be here let alone recording a podcast yeah um and then I started working in November so that helped just with like giving me something to do and like you know I don't have time to sit around and be upset all day because I do have somewhere to be sometimes so that helps um and the, his cohort is awesome. So yeah, they are dope as hell. And they do a great job of including me and making me feel like... I, I think they like you more than me. I think so, too. <laughs> I like them a lot, though. They, they do a good job of like making me feel like I'm not completely alone here on Memphis. Um, and then... Well, besides that, just like debating what I want to do if I want to go back to school and get my master's. Yes. I've been doing a lot of soul searching since I've been in Memphis. So just like figuring out like what I'm going to do. Because, you know, Fox is working on what he's going to do in his career. I don't know, like his just future goals. So being in Memphis has given me a lot of time to just figure out what I'm going to do. What are the next steps for me? So it's yeah. been a very, and then like just like I don't know if I really want to talk about this in depth, but like um, just like this self exploration journey that I've been on, just like working on stuff that I never really recognized as a problem. I don't know. I've just been doing a lot of soul searching recently. You have. Yeah. So that's what last few months besides the getting married and stuff it's like I don't know that seems so far away after everything that uh, that's happened me getting married and all that stuff seems so far away yeah it was 
like in a few days, it'll be like seven months we've been married. Yeah, only eleven. So that kind of it goes by so fast too, man. I think that because we moved so quick and all that other stuff happened, I think that's why it's also going back fast. Because you don't really have time to think about it. So much other stuff's happening. Yeah, that's very true. So I think that's why it's going by so fast. Unless it just goes by fast. I, th- I mean, I just assumed it would go by slow because, like, didn't we didn't really know anybody out here, and every day was going to kind of drag on to the fact that, like, we didn't, we weren't having fun or anything. But then, like, these days are like going by. It's not been as terrible as I thought. Like, I thought Memphis was going to be just a cluster F. It's just turned out to be a cluster, like, not quite an F. It's not awful, but it's not the best. But it's—I mean, you can, it could be worse. That's just—I look at Memphis as this place that's gonna like—I don't know. There's not many distractions for me there, so it's—it's it's not something that I feel like it's a place—a good place for me to like do all this soul searching and get myself together. There's not many distractions there. It's not a terrible city. I don't think it's as bad as the reputation that it has. No, not at all. But it's in no way a place that I'd want to like, set up forever. shop. Or I think it serves the perfect, perfect yeah. purpose. Like three years to get out, explore yourself, learn about yourself, and like just say you got out of the city. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't think no city really compared to Columbus. So it's hard for me to like even take off that biased lens when I'm there. There's only been two cities who have allowed me to remove that lens and that's Houston and LA but like everywhere else is like Houston is just like a bigger Columbus yeah it's big Columbus with palm trees that's all it is LA is not but <laughs> LA is just beautiful yeah it, I mean it's just cause LA got a, the Pacific like what's not yeah that's a big thing <laughs> anyway man um what else Oh my god, um, my battle with imposter syndrome was kind of like a testimony of what I can accomplish, like, I don't know, just being in the program, like, when I was in my master's, I was like, man, what am I doing here, like, I don't belong here, like, I'm not smart enough to be here, everybody in here is smarter than me, and then in my master's, like, everybody started opening their mouths, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, I'm actually way better off than I thought, (laughs) and then, like, that gave me confidence within that first week to where, like, I was able to, you know, do anything in my master's program, whereas in the doc program, it's a lot different because, like, everybody who's coming in, they were the top student in their master's program, so y'all all are kind of on, like, equal playing fields, except for, like, you know, where we have different strengths and weaknesses, so where I may, like, have a lapse, I'll go to, let's say, Sharitha for uh, her to help me out with this particular aspect, and then, you know, I'll do the same for her. Um, so it's like you give and take in, like, it's a real networking kind of thing. But, like, coming into that, you don't really understand that. And I'm like, man, like, everybody's so much smarter than me. Like, some of the stuff that they say is just like, oh, my God, I would have never thought to say that. Like, where do you get these points from? And then, like, 
I'm getting hit with imposter syndrome. And like, basically what imposter syndrome is, it's like this voice in the back of your head that tells you you don't belong, you're not good enough, like you're inadequate. And I've like never been the type of person that like has succumbed to those voices. Like I've always been strong-minded. But like in this particular instance, it was just super hard. And like, I remember like, I think this was before Nish even got here. Like I'd go home and like, just be like crying. Like, dang, like I, I'm gonna fail. Like I wasted my time, money. Like this, this is not gonna happen for me. Which she hadn't moved yet, so like I, I was, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like not wasting my time and money, bro. Like I should have just, I could have started my private practice right now. Like I'd have been making big money, like just, just in my head. And then like I just remember talking to my cohort, and they was telling me like, you know, I feel like I'm that guy in the cohort, like I'm the dumb one, and like every time I open my mouth, I'm scared that you guys are gonna think I'm stupid. And we all were saying the same thing to each other, but at the same time, we were giving each other these reaffirming statements, like. I had people telling me, like, you know, every time I talk, like, they just tune in immediately. Like, they were 10 out of 10 big fans, and, like, they always love when I give my points because they're, like, different and, um, like, aspects that they never would have thought to look at or from a different lens or whatever. And, like, it just made me feel more confident in my ability. And then I remember the following week, I got a paperback, and I got a 99% on the paper. And then from that point on, I'm like, oh, yeah, we got this. Like, it's go time. Yeah. And I've been straight ever since. Like, so. Oh, my gosh, there were so many things on the you were going and I, I still have that memory problem. Oh yeah, that ain't going nowhere. Um, but yeah, his cohort's like a big family. It's actually, I feel like after they had that conversation, it just became like a big family. Yeah, because we were so vulnerable in that moment, like. And it's just, it's hard. Like I can imagine what it's like for them. I'm not studying for my PhD, but I can imagine what it's like and. Especially those who have like significant others, and you don't want them to, you don't want to neglect them, but you all, you feel guilty because you are the reason that they're here, and uh-huh. then you you still have to stay on top of your schoolwork, and you have like work that you do outside of that, like practicum and whatever else you guys are doing. Yeah. They have a lot, and then I understand, of course, the side of the significant other, and it's like, yeah, I'm here because of you, and. I mean, you know, there's no way around that. So that's something I don't try to... I don't know. Sometimes I feel bad about how I go about it, but it's like, oh, <laughs> just like... It is the truth. Like, it, it's the truth. But I do believe, or I'd like to believe, that there's a reason for me being in Memphis, too, outside of Fox getting his PhD. I'd like to believe that there is a reason that I'm in Memphis, too. Maybe it's a master's. Maybe it's just self-discovery. Who knows? We'll Maybe see. it's the fact that it's the capital of music, and you need to get up there before. And we got some, some music things to talk about. Maybe we don't talk about on this podcast. Yeah, this podcast is just a welcome <laughs> back. Like, I'm trying to keep it light, man. But this, <laughs> hey, this next episode, I'm coming with that, bro. I almost cussed. Like, I'm coming with that stuff, bro, this next episode, bro. <laughs> Um, I'm fed up. Some stuff I seen on Twitter yesterday, bro, it's just unacceptable, bro. It's unacceptable, bro. That's why he wanted to record. Y'all have made him bring this podcast out of retirement. It's unacceptable, bro. You made him bring this podcast out of hiatus because of the shenanigans on Twitter. I'm going to just say, right on this episode, big, big, big shout out to Trip, bro. That's my dog. Like, I've got so much respect for him. But on this next episode, I'm tearing into somebody, bro. It ain't going to be him. So, <laughs> it ain't going to be him. It ain't going to be him. That's funny. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, there was something else that I wanted to say. Um, 
wanted to mention, um, there was something else I wanted to mention, and I can't remember, and I obviously didn't keep notes when you were talking. Oh, you were talking about that voice. Cleveland? You were talking about that voice. Um, that's something that I've been dealing with, too. I think we may have maybe an episode about this, like, later down the line, but I, too, have been, like, learning how to deal with just, like, how I talk to myself. And I don't think it's anything that I ever would have paid attention to at home. And I do think that is the blessing with being in Memphis. Because Memphis doesn't feel like home. It definitely feels like... I feel comfortable in my space that I have there. But it's not home. And it doesn't feel like home. So it gives me... I feel like it gives me the opportunity. It's like, okay, you're here for whatever reason that I don't know right now. And... I don't know, it makes me want to work on something and do that work that maybe I wouldn't do at home because I, I have so many distractions at home too. I don't know, I didn't I didn't really have to focus on myself if I didn't want to. So being in Memphis gets me a chance like Box has a million and ten things to do. So I've got the time to focus on myself. What I was gonna talk about is like the the self talk mm-hmm. and just realizing I remember one day I was I've been having like all these heart to hearts with Vox since we moved here just about my life. Like, what am I gonna do with my life? And blah blah blah. Yeah. And I remember like maybe a few weeks ago he was like he was like, It's not like the issue is not that you don't know what you want to do with your life, it's like how you talk to yourself. And so, like ever since then I've been doing like just research about like self talk and just really examining how I talk to myself, how I treat myself, and, like, um, Box and Kristen both told me that, you know, the way I treat myself, the way I talk to myself, is just not up to par, mm-hmm. and so that's really what Memphis has been for me recently, it's just, I've been really doing that self-work, and yeah, I it's think a constant process. Changing. it's a slow process, though. But it's like, I mean, you've been improving though. Like, yeah. I definitely see the improvement, and it, it carries over over into more aspects than just like the way you talk to yourself. Yeah, but it's hard, and it, it can be difficult at first because once you start to really realize how you talk to you, how you speak to yourself, you're like, oh my gosh! And I remember um, someone was talking. It might have been Fox. Either I read or someone told me, or Fox said that. Um, the way, I think I read this, the way you speak to yourself is your lens and your perspective, and, like, so if I, if I speak negatively about myself, and, um, I don't just think negative thoughts about myself, then the way I see my life and the world around me will be negative. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, when you really sit and combat those thoughts, it, it definitely worked, but, you just start to realize, like, oh, my gosh, like, I would never talk to a stranger like that. I would never talk to, like, well, my friends and family, so let alone a stranger. And so to think that you speak to yourself like that without even, like, recognizing it, 
like half the time, like I'll be thinking like, oh my gosh, why'd you do that? You're such an idiot, and like just go on about my day. And it'd be something so simple, it'd like so you dumb. drop your phone on the couch. Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. Like even if really, like, that constitutes that? Like, like no, you're not an idiot. Like you, you made a mistake, and yeah. that's okay. Every you afford everybody else to make these mistakes, and you know, when, especially me, if someone makes a mistake, I try really hard to like. You know, I don't want people to feel bad about, especially things I see are like silly mistakes. Uh-huh. So, but when it comes to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so stupid. You're so stupid. You're such an idiot. Blah blah blah. And it's like I just keep going. And it's like you speaking to yourself, like you're the, you live with that voice in your head. Yeah. That's the only voice that you hear all the time. The only perspective that you can 100% see through mm-hmm. and if that's the way you speak to yourself that's the way you're going to see yourself yeah. so that's been that was really hard to just recognize that the way I treat myself and like self care is not just like let me go out shopping like let me go it is for me let me go <laughs> my nails done. like those are no. ways to like you know self care but also it means like doing the work and like being real with yourself is like, yeah, the way you talk to yourself, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. So my self-care, I've been doing like a lot of work with myself and trying to like work on the way I talk to myself, think about myself, talk about myself, and like look at aspects of my life. So that's really what I've been doing in Memphis, if you've been wondering. Yeah. That's what I've been doing in Memphis. Yeah, and I've been trying to teach her about the power of just like words in general. Like words mean so much, and we as people don't like attribute meaning to them. Like just some, saying something as simple as "I am I depressed." Or like I can't. Yeah, I can't do that. Like, why would you even put that in your mind? Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I've always had, I've always felt that I could like do whatever I put my mind to. Like, I guess that's just like the. Like, what my mom instilled in me, like, she's always gave me that confidence to just be able to do whatever. Like, I don't care how hard it is with persistence and diligence and, like, patience. You can you get through that. anything. My parents did, too. Like but she, I just don't know where I... My mom told me anything is possible. So, like, when I had that mindset, I'm now 26-year-old Box Johnson. Like, and I now understand that I can still do anything. I still believe that I'm able to do anything. And then, like, I see, like, interviews or I see, like, celebrities who, like, kind of like, reaffirm those statements for me. Like, one of my favorite interviews, I always mention it, 2013, Zane Lowe, Kanye West interview. Like, he all, like he just talked about how, like, your idea of your ability is going to be your reality. Like, if you feel that you can't do something, you're not going to do it. Like, just because you've already psyched yourself out before you got into it. But if you feel that, like, if you just say something as simple as, I got this, like, you're, that boosts your confidence just that much more to be able to, you know, carry out whatever it and like you know saying i can't saying i am sad or i am depressed like you are taking on that emotion like whoever you are you're no longer that person you are now depressed like just something as simple as i feel upset or i feel depressed like it's taking power out of the words and giving the power back to you like i feel this way due to this as opposed to i am this now it's like dang like okay so if you're that how do we get out of that where do we go from here yeah and I think, um, I don't know where the disconnect is for me because, you know, my parents never made me feel like, especially like being the daughter of, um, we had, there was three of us, three girls, and it's never, my parents, you know, as far as like being 
I don't know. It's just, they never made me feel like I couldn't do anything. So I, I feel like in another issue that I have is like just worrying about so much of what everyone else thinks. Mm-hmm. And that psychs you out. And when people say things to you and, and, you're, and you believe that more than what you believe about you, what you should believe by yourself, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, well, you know, they're probably right. So, um, I don't know. I've just been like working on all of that. And so social media hasn't been conducive to my self work. So I've been like laying low and that and I don't know, just like really doing that hard for self work. It has been tough, but I think for now, right now, that's the purpose that Memphis is serving for me. Um, it's just giving me the place and the, the opportunity to do the self-work, and I don't really have too many distractions, so it's kind of easy. It's like the first time in my life where it's like, all right, yep, now you got to deal with your problems. Yeah. Now you got to deal with yourself. You've been taking care of like family and just being distracted with friends. It's like, okay, now you got to deal with Spanisha. Mm-hmm. Now you got to get to know Spanisha, and now you got to deal with how you've been treating Spanisha. Mm-hmm. So... I've been loving on Spanisha as well. <laughs> or learning to. I've been learning to love Spanisha. She's a pretty lovable person sometimes. Like, she's pretty lovable. Sometimes. No, all the time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's pretty much what happened up to. Our wedding was great. <laughs> the wedding was great. Um, our honeymoon was great. I wish I would have blocked it, but I kind of didn't even think about it. It was... I don't know, we went, and I was just so tired, because we had been, like, planning that wedding, and the movement, so it was, like, the first chance, I, like, hadn't slept in months, so it was, like, my first chance to, like, sleep, and I don't know, we just, like, chilled, and it was just, That honeymoon was fantastic. Like, it was just really chill, like, we needed it, especially with, like, the summer that we had, like, Yeah. Like, we did so much. Like, we snorkeled in the Atlantic. Like, we... Yeah. Well, I went swimming with dolphins. With dolphins. Uh, what else did we do? Uh, we went ATV riding. Oh, yeah, through, like, a village in the Dominican. Yeah, it started raining. It was so muddy and yeah, it was gross. Muddy and nasty. Um, oh, we had dinner, like, over that, um... What was that? Like, that pool? That infinity pool. Yeah, the infinity pool. The sweetheart pool, I think it was called, yeah. Um, of course, we they were serving like filet mignon and lobster. I ain't gonna lie, I got into that lobster. I had to. Like, I'm like, I'm not about to have to sit in here like it's our remote romantic dinner. Like, yeah. that vegetarianism, I gotta sit to the side just this once. We ordered like, like I got right into that lobster every day. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was so fun. It was bad too. We ordered like seven or eight different things, and then like, like how many people do you have in the room? Like, oh, it's just two of us. <laughs> <laughs> that um, and there was, like, a hot tub in the... In the room, and had, like, the uh, twin shower heads in the shower. Like, it was it great. Was I went on another vacation. Yeah. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, and then, yeah, our wedding was great. And I don't really remember it, but I do remember that all the stress wasn't even, like, worth it. I don't know, I probably, that probably would be my biggest advice to anybody planning a wedding. It's like, 
happy you're gonna stress about it, but don't. Right. It's gonna go how it's gonna go. And, I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah, stressing out about it isn't gonna change. It's not gonna change it. I mean, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. And that doesn't mean be careless about it, but I don't know. I just stressed so much, and it was just like things that I didn't want to happen happen, things that I wanted to happen happen. It's just like it's whatever. You kind of just go with it once it, the day gets there. Never how you plan. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as you get married at the end of the day, that's matters. Um, but it was beautiful. And she was a bit of a bridezilla. No. For those of y'all. Not actually. Who not, I actually really wasn't. Not until the day of. The day of. Was he I was, had a bridezilla the day absolutely. of. Absolutely. What did I do? You was getting on my nerves. Oh, no. I'm not going to talk about I wasn't a bridezilla. I think I was absolutely 100%. Um, I was 100% right with what I was upset about. But I'm I mean, you had a right to be upset about I'm that. I'm not going to call it out on here. But. <laughs> and I hate to be that person, but. Through, like. <laughs> yeah. Like, you had a right to be upset, but through being upset, it made it diff- more, even more difficult to work with, which made that situation yeah, even more it's hard. Just like, you know, as a bride, and I didn't, like. You can ask anybody, except for a few people that didn't make it to the wedding. But you can ask anybody. And I was a pretty easygoing bride. I didn't ask for much. Like, I was flexible on a lot of stuff. And if I was, if I had gone through this, like, self-exploration last year, things would have been way different. I wouldn't have been so, oh, okay, sure. Like, just nice and whatever. I would have been a lot more stern. But I was, like, super nice and flexible, and what I'm learning is people take advantage of that, and yes, if I would have reacted differently, I feel like some things would have went different that day, but it's just hard when it's like, okay, like, this is the one thing I'm asking for, and Mm -hmm. I can't deliver. What are you here for? Get out of my face. And on your wedding day, I think you deserve that. I wasn't a bride to look through the whole process. With everything that I was going through, I was not a bride till I didn't sleep much. But I, I wasn't mean to people. I was very understanding. Wait, who, just, who, who, who? who was I mean to? You? Uh, I was mean to you? Uh, I don't know. Nigga, you know. Yeah. But also, I was like planning and moving and our wedding. I was not mean to you. Anyway. Anyway, you can go ahead. Anyway, guys, I've been on the self exploration kick too, man. Oh my god. <laughs> well, besides Vox, I wasn't mean to anybody. There we go. That's my And, better. but I don't believe I was mean to Vox. Not all the time, but you had your moments. Everybody has. We got into it way more often than I. You were mean to me too. Oh, so I was mean to you. You was mean to me, bro. To me. And I was just a victim. I was just a little victim, okay. man.
so we talked about our wedding. Touched about the honeymoon a bit. Um, oh, that's okay. So, like, during my self-exploration, what I have, like, learned is I don't really do well with addressing, like, passive aggressiveness. Like, I tend to, like, let it fall under the radar or, like, act like it didn't happen. So I'm working on, like, advocating for myself more. Like, somebody – and this is not, like – this isn't directed at Nish at all. Like Nish, yeah, Nish don't, Nish don't have like, but you also don't have an issue with passive aggressiveness. Like if you have something to say, you'll say it, which I respect. And it's like, but like with, when you're working in, I don't want to say corporate America, professional environment. Yeah, professional environments and like working with somebody who's passive aggressive. Like usually I'll just bite my tongue and be like, like that's corny. But like now I'm getting to the point, like, bro, we, we fact checking all that talk this year. Like, I <laughs> shout out the trip again. We fact checking all that talk this year, man. Like if, if you, if, if somebody says something passive aggressive, like if some, somebody says something that makes me feel away, like I'm speaking on it. If I don't even like, if I don't like address it in the way that I want to, I'm at least going to be like, Hey, like what was your intention with that statement? Like, were you trying, like, were you trying to get at? What was your, I, I perceived it as passive aggressive. I don't know if that was like or the intent. Just letting them know, like, hey, like, yeah. this is how I took it. I yeah. This is how I took it. Yeah. So I, don't like, like that. I prefer that you communicate yeah, that in a different way. A different way. And like, I did that to my research coordinator, like, just before we left to Houston. I had a meeting with her on Friday morning, and like, we left right after that. And I was like, you know. I don't know if this was your intent, but the email that you sent me seemed extremely passive aggressive and condescending. I didn't appreciate it. And like, you know, I'm just wondering, like, what was the what was the meaning behind it? And, and she was like, she was so like on the defense. It's like, oh, my God, no, like I didn't mean it that way at all. Like I was genuinely asking because I genuinely didn't have an idea. So it's like if I didn't tell her that I felt she was being passive aggressive or that I felt like. I felt a way about what she said. Like we would have never, she would have never understood that. And there would have been some tension, some animosity going on. And like, I would have never understood that. She, like she was genuinely like confused and genuinely asking because like, she didn't know either. So and I think as, and just um, became my mind in general. I think a lot of times people, because what I started to notice is like, we'll get upset about something. Like he'll get upset about something at school or like I'll get upset about something at work we'll come home and vent to each other and just like bang like you take all that out at home mm-hmm. and then it's just like you know this person didn't do this to me if this was anybody else I would tell them like if you know if Fox says something to offend me I'd be like Fox hey like, I didn't like that mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't even say it like that but I'd just yeah like, I'm that's a bit <laughs> you, you capping bro I, but I would let you know like hey I don't like that yeah. I don't like speak to me that way I didn't like what you said to me yeah and so it's like if you can say that to your loved ones friends so it's like why not say it to the people that you work with in professional aspects and you really don't even care about like that yeah, like if we're being honest you don't care about these people and so it's like as long except as for my cohort I love my cohort like I if we got issues we're gonna talk that out but like I I'm talking about per- people I'm working with like professors like employers right co-workers you talk to the way you want to yeah you have to deal with these people in a professional setting but I think a lot of times as people of color and, like, for women, you feel like, okay, I'm just going to go to work and work, and I'm not going to say anything, and if I say something, it's going to seem like I'm petty or mm-hmm. I'm being sensitive. But it's also just, like, we all have different communication styles, and for me to be, I deserve
work to feel comfortable at work because I, I highly, I definitely believe that if I was to say something to offend someone in a professional setting, they would let me know. Exactly. And, and so you can't feel like you can't do the same. Or even beyond that, like, um, wait, how do I say that statement again? Like you. If somebody, if you would offend somebody. They, they would let me know. Yeah, but like even beyond that, like. Okay, it hit me again. Like, even beyond that, like, if someone offends me, like, why should I care yeah. about, like, how I'm they feel? feel if I say yeah, because you didn't care how I felt when you did when it you or when you said it, that. It. So it's like, I have a right to be like, at least, hey, that, I didn't like that. Like, that wasn't cool. Like, I mean, you ain't got to apologize, but, like, just know for the future. Like, don't talk to me that way. Right. And it's like, because I remember we had a talk, um... Her her supervisor did something at work. I hope you don't mind telling the story, but like her supervisor did something at work um, to where like she was going through a protocol with a customer and like she missed one step and she got super busy. So like she was working with other people throughout and then the supervisor was kind of sitting there like doing nothing really like twiddling her thumbs and like Nish is going through the line and trying to make sure like everybody is accounted for and everybody is tended to. And then the supervisor comes up and is like, hey, um, did you ask that, what she say? Did you ask them, did, were they a student at whatever school? Or like, basically trying to see if they could get a, um, a library card. And then, you know, this is like, I mean, I've been sitting here like with this line this entire time while you're sitting there virtually doing nothing. Like, when would I have had the time to get up and ask that kid that? It was like, basically just like, when a, go a do this. Tells, when a parent tells a child, like, did you clean your Did room? Did you clean your room? And they sitting there looking at the dirty room. Yeah. It's like, like, no. I act, why why not say you need to clean hey, your room? How, like, how or, hey, um, you should ask them if he did this. Like, yeah. So it was, just, it was passive. And this felt the way about it. And she was coming home and was like, you know, I just didn't, like, appreciate it. Like, I don't do well with somebody telling me indirectly to do something. Like, if you want me to do something, say it. Like, say don't. Do it. And then, like, she felt the way. I'm like, you know what? I feel that you need to be able to, like, express how you feel. Let her know that you didn't appreciate that. Let her know that, like, if she would like for you to carry out a task, then she has to ask you in an appropriate manner. Like, and I don't think that that's wrong. And, like, Nish was a little bit nervous about it. She's like, you know, I don't want to, like, offend her. And, so I'm like, one and, of the very few. Yeah, one of the very few. But it's like, and I told her, I was like, you know, flat out, that's slave mentality. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, that's yeah. What I'm like, that's likened to. Oh please, master! Like, is it okay if I have some more? Or oh, please, like, you know, like, I, I don't. I'm trying to like make myself smaller to like approach a big situation, and it's like, no, like, f that, bro. Like, I belong in this space just as much as you do. Yeah. So it's like I'm not gonna make myself feel smaller, or, like, yeah, watch I was my tone. To work on how I was gonna say it. Yeah, like you was practicing to, with me. I'm like, bro, just say I it. I wanted like, to come off as like not. No, I have a tendency to have attitude when I talk, so I wanted to not come Neck off. Neck jerking, hands swinging. So I didn't want to come off as having an attitude. So we were practicing it, but that's when I said something and I was like, "Hey, blah blah blah." It's like, yeah, you know, that just comes off as like, yeah, that's not gonna work for me though. So. And then you had the conversation the next day, and... I mean, I felt, like, bad after, but that was just because it was new. Yeah, that's it. Once you start to, like, get more exposure to it, gain that confidence, right? It's also, like, you can't advocate for others if you can't advocate for yourself. And that, I think, that that slave mentality example really did make me... It 
think about that because besides a few of us, I feel like all, like, even when we talk about, yeah, we have, like, that, that voice that we use when we, um, work corporate America and stuff. Yeah. It's like, I feel like all of that is, like, I don't think that that's necessarily slave mentality, but I mean, it definitely goes hand in hand with it. That's why I like getting to the point. I'm, and, you know, at my last job, Jeff Wiggins was a prime example of, like, someone who does not code switch. And I respected him so much for that because, like, I'm at work. I'm putting on my, yeah, man, and, you know, that's crazy. We got to make sure that we go to the, the mall tonight or, you know. And Jeff Wiggins is like, man, nah, dog, like, I ain't doing that, homie. Like, what's up, bro? Like, nah. Like, he, he is himself. And, like, that's when I started to realize, like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I putting on a front, bro? Like, these people don't care, man. Like, and if they do care, yeah, so I'm like, I'm using, I'm getting to the point where I'm more comfortable with using slang and using Ebonics around professors and stuff. Like, I told my professor bet the other day, like, just anything. Like, yeah. Or I told my professor that someone in my cohort was my dog. Like, you know, it's just. And, but then again, that also comes with confidence. And confidence comes with positive self-talk. So it's all a big circle. Yeah of work that you have to do and like being uncomfortable and like doing that work like i've been in class one time and said that they ain't got no business doing that and, like just knowing that i am able to like speak in ebonics and still be an educated human like it's just it's more liberating for me than doing that code switching and it's like if you don't can't accept me for who i am then i'll gonna, keep pushing i'm not gonna oh i just realized this was in my lap so i hope they can hear you <laughs> for like the past five minutes. Well, if you can, you missed some good stuff. Yeah. Um, I got five minutes. I got GPS going. Like I'm, it's a lot going on in this car. Um. But yeah, it's just I I I feel like corporate America and just like professional environments in general, they're ever changing. So it is. It's not like. Cause sometimes, ooh, excuse me. Sometimes I feel bad saying using the term like slave mentality because what we need to stop doing, we need to stop looking at our ancestors as um, like just like weak, feeble slaves. Yeah. I don't want to get all into that. See, when I say slave mentality, I know what you mean, yeah. But I'm just saying like. That's, I feel like, and that's also just, like, on my part, like, that being the picture that I get in my head, because, like, slaves, you don't have to just see black people, you know, to yeah. slaves, so, like, that's me on my part, too, but, um, yeah, it was Celtic slaves yeah, and, was, like, art yeah. before, but there was something that I wanted to, something else I wanted to say about slave mentality, well, basically, that this, we're all learning, so this is all new, so I don't feel bad, like, I'm not criticizing people who code switch, because sometimes, I mean, you have to do what you have to do. I just don't want to feel like I can't speak up for myself out of fear of what my co-workers will think of me or how they how they will perceive me. And I don't want others to feel like, oh, I have to speak this way in order to get a job mm-hmm. or in order to do what I have to do. Because if you're qualified, it shouldn't matter. I mean, you, you need to speak proper English. Because if if you even if you look at every other language, when you translate it to the human language, there's certain words that are missing 
and like any bonics like i'll have i'm, I'm on malcolm to talk more to this because he like i'm not gonna be scared of Malcolm, like, but Ebonics is, like, there's, there's a professor who taught a course on Ebonics. I can't remember his name, but, like, I'm going to ask Malcolm about this, and I'm going to post his links or his lectures or something, like, with this um, with this podcast. But, like, when you translate, I can't remember exactly what phrases he were using, but, like, like, for example, if you were to say, um, say habla, like, that means she talking. Or whatever, say hablando, or no, my Spanish is still a bit rusty. Like, say hablando, that means she talking. English would like have you put she is talking, but like people who speak Ebonics, they don't usually like will say is or like that. Like, they'll leave certain words out. So, like, oh yeah, she talking crazy. Like, uh, um, in Spanish, it'll be say hablando loco, loca, or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't. So Ebonics is more consistent with the native tongue than what English is. And English is one of the, the younger languages. Well, what I'm saying when I say proper English is, like, I want to understand. Like, if somebody says she's talking instead of she is talking, I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. That's what I mean. Like, I want to understand what you're saying. Like, I think some people we haven't, like, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes people got, like, a... A misconstrued perception on like what is acceptable in like the professional world, and oftentimes it's like at at times it's almost as if like being black is being unprofessional, like and that's not cool. Like I think that every that yeah I think society tells you that everything about being black when it comes down to your hair there's workplaces that make rules about hair. Yeah, and it's like that. And it'll be against everything that like black people do with their hair. Or even if you go to like a, a bar establishment, oh, like yeah. what are some of their restrictions? Flat bill hats, that's brothers. Uh, ripped jeans, that's typically a brother. Like um, do rags, that's typically a brother. Like I mean, it's just like there are these rules and regulations put in place to dis- like directly filter out people who look like us. And it's no good, buddy. What are we talking? What are we talking about that we got? He's talking about self-advocating. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what I wanted to say also is that I consider myself to be a disability rights advocate, so I also don't think that I can properly advocate for that community if I cannot advocate myself that's true so it's hard to like provide a voice for the voiceless if like you you weren't voicing for yourself yourself. so that's um which is like strange because i'm actually pretty good about letting people know how to feel or something bothers me i'm much better about it you much better than me no no like than i was oh i thought you were saying i'm much better i'm like okay it's a race. No, like I'm better than I was. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm better than hard. you at it. It's hard to do it, but it's necessary. Um, all right, that's been going on. We came home for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Oh, wow, we supposed to get home at 3 o'clock? Oh, that's awesome. You're making some great time. That's 7.30 a.m. <laughs> 8.30 uh, Ohio time. Yeah. But yeah. 
on a what, Wednesday? We had birthdays, yeah. Wednesday. Um, I do want to talk more about, not this episode, I think maybe somewhere down the line. I do want to talk more about just like wedding planning and that whole process. But maybe that'll be on my blog. Yeah. Which is something that I started working on, but maybe that'll be on my blog. But that is something I want to talk more about. Um, is that all of our catching up? Just about. Um, this March, we got July, August. Oh, November, we went to Nashville, Nashville. and your sister was there waiting yes. you. And it was such a good time. Kristen and Box are just, like, perfect at surprising me. And I always say, like, you're, okay, like, you've outdone yourself. Like, I'm not going to be surprised again. And then it's like, oh, I'm surprised. We just consistently get you, like. And it's like, always, they, they always explain how they got me, too. Like, they're always like, yeah, so, you remember this? Yeah, this is what happened. So And she still falls for it. I fall for it. But I feel like like I feel like I know their tricks. I don't think like you I do. feel like there's no because when you walk like if you walk off on the phone, I'm gonna be like, hmm, this is strange. So but I. But when did you see me walk off on the phone? At the library that day. I mean, I I can't talk in the library. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I think um they just don't, they continue. I won't say that they can't get me because they continue to get me. But um, that was fun. I love Nashville. I, Love, 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 love Nashville so much. Yeah. Uh, it was just like fun. It was so fun just having my sister and Fox. They were just awesome. What else? Um, I, I feel like that's a great way to recap. Oh, we visited three states in one day on my birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We did like a Memphis tour. Yeah. Went to see the Lorraine Motel. We went to see like every Memphis thing mm-hmm. on his birthday. And for Valentine's Day, we went to um, the Orpheum and we saw a show. Um, that was fun. We'd never been to the theater together. Yeah, we had never been together, so that was fun. Um, here, we were still at home. That's really the bulk of the catch up. I didn't expect this episode to actually yeah, last that long. I thought it was going to be like 30 minutes. Yeah, so. But, um. I guess to like follow up and provide more information. School was all there. Um, follow up. I don't think that we're going to make this like a weekly or even a bi weekly thing. Um. This is going to be, like, y'all going to get these bars when we feel like giving them to y'all. Uh, we'll try to get some consistency, like, at least once a month to start and then maybe, like, pick up consistency. But, like, it's we both have too much going on in our lives to try to, like, make a every week commitment. Um, I would like to. I'd love to do that. But I just don't have. 
I don't got the time, man. <laughs> and I'd much rather be, like, spending time with this lady right here than, like, recording a podcast with her, you know? I mean, even though it is spending time, I mean, we can't. I don't know if we can do it every There's week. less structure. I don't know if we can do it every week, but we can be, do it more often than we've been doing it. Oh, that's easy. It's <laughs> like, you know, I don't think it's fair to not do it at all. Yeah, we definitely don't want to just put it off. I don't think that that's cool, but I also don't think that with everything that we're working on, I don't think that it's realistic for us to... Like, okay, we're going to do it every week. It's yeah. not realistic. But more often than what we have been doing, because that's not Yeah, for sure. Especially, like, to people, like, listen and enjoy listening. That's not... Because I know... My, one of my favorite podcasts is on hiatus right now. And they, like... I'm just like, when are you coming back? You found a better podcast, though. I did. I don't know how many of you are fans of The Read. I'm a fan. I love the read. That's why I've been listening to it because but my, I won't listen without you. My but I'm favorite definitely... podcast is on hiatus, and so I just was like, I need another like podcast. I'm gonna tell the races. I've been listening to the read, and I love Kid Fury. So yeah, his texts are good. So um, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you know, there are people who probably like, oh my gosh, when is Kid's rotation coming back? Like, because sometimes I don't know your podcast. Your podcasters feel like your friends. Yeah. And you're just like... Y'all are our friends. Where are our friends? <laughs> like, I just want to hear what my friends are doing. Like, what are they... What's going on? What are their opinions about this? And they're nowhere to be found. I've had opinions about everything. I'm trying to name on. this episode, Raja, this is for you. Wow. I'm down with that. Raja, this is for you. Next time we're in the city, we have to do a pod- our podcast episode together. Yeah, most definitely. Even if we don't have our mic, like we'll be janky like we're doing right now. We'll just do it over the iPhone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Rasha, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Cam texted us recently about um, future president Cam Harris. That's what I meant to say. Talk yeah, excuse us. Excuse us. <laughs> excuse me. Who am I to be speaking about yeah, that way? I'm so sorry. Um, he texted us about case rotation merch, which we owe. We owe, yeah, we good deal. We owe Raja, Kristen. Raja, Kristen, Cam, and Malcolm. Yeah. We owe you guys case rotation merch. And um, I think it was Briscoe, but I'm not drinking. Uh, I thought it was Briscoe too. Maybe. maybe. No, because no, Briscoe. He hadn't started listening at that point. It wasn't Briscoe. Uh huh. Oh, Might have been GB. Was it GB? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we ended up doing like everybody who entered. We gave them. Yeah, I think it was GB. Okay. So we're still gonna do that. I know it's a year later almost, but better late than never. So we're still gonna do that. Yeah. So, Four. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't have any other comments for this episode. Yeah, thank y'all for tuning in to the Welcome Back episode. I usually know what episode we're on, but since the last episode was Zach Fresh, I can't say this episode, yada, yada, yada. So for the next episode, when we actually have topics, I will know. No, I won't, because we're going to record it right now. Right? No, I'll come back. Yeah, I don't know what episode we're going to I'm going to guess 20.
are on episode. Oh, this is ep- yeah, this is episode twenty-two. Oh, oh wow! Well. Uh, just lucky guess. Um, yeah, we're episode twenty-two. Thank y'all for tuning in to Raja. This is for you. Um, we will be back in like probably ten minutes. I'm about to, you know, make a phone call real quick and then yeah. So thanks All for right. tuning in. Bye guys.